military kid and I was fine with that and you know in retrospect like it makes so much sense now too because I, I think something that I clung clung to a lot was you know facets of like escapism so like you know still to this day like I'm a huge like sci-fi and fantasy lover and stuff like that and you know it makes so much sense because there was a lot of things that you know I struggled and tormented with inside that I really had no one no one at all to talk to and I mean my family I mean they're great I mean I, lo I love my adoptive parents so much but there was just so much that they had you know no one you know that it's like that generation of folks who of white people who you know did did the whole like we're colorblind thing which you know bless their hearts a lot of people that has the best intentions but it is <laughs> wildly wildly naive and and incorrect and um so yeah i mean it, you know i my home family base i had you know no one to talk to this stuff about i had to figure out everything in terms of you know navigating the world of race and identity in america uh by myself so yeah i mean like music star wars <laughs> that was, i think that was like the first film i went to actually in a theater like when they did those re-showings and stuff i think that was like a magical thing for me um but then of course music too and i mean that was huge and that was something i didn't actually even really take up until i was like 12 or 13 but you know once once i did like kind of become confident enough to because I, I was pretty shy too when i was young and never really sang a lot but like man i love i love singing and like and i think i always did it as a kid too but like i just thought like oh, i'm just i'm not good enough like i can't i can't do that that's not the like you know that's not me i'm like shy little eric but um yeah, I, that is something that just took a hold on me. And then I took up guitar when I was 13 or 12. And yeah, I mean, it was just kind of full steam ahead after that, no looking back. And that was the medium that definitely helped fill a lot of that gaping void and hole <laughs> inside of me. Yeah. Um, so barring all obstacles or any barriers, like what is one thing you would like to see change in the local music community? Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of directions I think I could go on this, but I feel like in one way or another, it all comes down to representation. Um, you know, speaking as you know, like a transracial adoptee and like, you know, someone who grew up, you know, constantly surrounded by whiteness, being like the only brown person in the room. You know, I didn't I didn't have heroes and, and I didn't have strong voices, you know, other than, you know, typically hetero white voices, you know. Um, but w in regards to representation, too, I mean, I think you know, it doesn't just, it's not just about the artists and stuff, too. I mean, it's about everything. I mean, with, I mean, like, when it comes to door people, when it comes to bartenders, when it comes to who's booking, who's managing, who's owning the place, especially, like, with ownership and stuff like that, we need more of that. I mean, I, it's kind of funny, like, I love, I mean, I'm sure y'all are familiar with, like, Pimento and stuff like that. 
man. Like, you know, in the before times, like when I needed a break from white people, I go to Pimento <laughs> on the weekends. <laughs> like, uh, and we don't have like enough of those venues and spaces and stuff like that, I don't think. And, um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like, r representation is such a small thing, but, like, you know, I know as a very lonely, lost, and sad kid, like, seeing that kind of representation makes all, all the difference, makes, makes these things feel tangible and um, accessible, but, yeah, I think that's, that's a big thing. I mean, we have a great music scene here. And it's certainly, I feel like, in the last decade, really, really, really elevated voices um, of women, of trans and non-binary people. But, I mean, for me, like, being outside of, like, the rap and hip-hop scene, you know, I'm kind of more in the DIY, indie, rock, punk scene. Um, very white still. So, you know, and uh, all those people are, I would say... You know, definitely down with the cause, and I mean, you know, a lot of my white uh, peers I've worked with, I would certainly, you know, without a hesitation, say they're all allies. But you know, at the end of the day, too, we just we just need 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 more of our faces out there. Right on. Um, who are some artists you'd like to see on Voices in the Back? Oh, um, I would love to see Jada Brown is an indigenous native uh, female vocalist. Uh, I played a show with one of her old bands like a few years back at like some, some house show thing. It was just like blown away by her voice. I know that she's, uh, she's been releasing some new stuff actually, like I think as of like last week, um, kind of more like the R&B pop stuff. Um, there's another guy I've been listening to a lot lately too, uh, Solana. Uh, the Latino guy doing, you know, kind of the uh, R&B pop style stuff. Um, another really good person, uh, Niall. Boy, I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, <laughs> Niall is a uh, is a uh, black artist who uh, definitely like does like a lot of same style music. I would say I do kind of like you know if you looked us up on Spotify, we may be in like the bedroom pop uh, like Spotify playlist or something like that. Uh, but also, I, I believe just um, helped co-produce a fantastic song by uh, the artist Kimti. If y'all are familiar, um, I, I know that they've played with. Uh, Clairo, Clairo, <laughs> C L A I R O, um, who is actually quite, you know, has some renown. And the Kim T song that just came out is fantastic. That uh, I believe he helped produce. Um, boy, uh, Tim is a rocker. Is another person that I had actually played a few shows with in the past. Powerhouse performer, holy moly's, uh, front leading black person believe who has done some uh, pretty cool stuff in the drag scene as well too they're they're super awesome um boy i know i had like oh nerdy i think uh, is probably going to be mentioned by like every one of us <laughs> like if you haven't booked him already like what are you what are you guys doing here <laughs> and then is there anything that you want to plug um, yes, I will plug the uh, two of the three songs I played t today on the video, uh, Solo Dimelo and um, How Much Longer. Don't have an exact date yet, but they <laughs> will be released very likely around the time 
this video comes out or maybe like uh, January 21. Um, but I also do want to plug something entirely non-music related um, called uh, a book that I was actually a contributing author to uh, uh, maybe like five years ago now or something like that. Um, it's called Decoding Our Origins, The Livid Experiences of Colombian Adoptees. There's actually a enormously huge, huge community of Colombiano adoptees in Minneapolis. It's very bizarre. It was really, really shocking and eye-opening when I, when I kind of found that group just like randomly searching stuff like on Facebook like seven years ago. And um, we put together like about 17 or 18 of us put together this uh, kind of anthology book where we basically just write essays on our experiences with it. Um, you know, everything from, you know, how the adoption was done. I mean, race, identity, just dealing with that. Um, but also, I mean, a lot of stories, too, showing the blatant uh, corruption in the international um, adoption world. I mean, I was actually, I mean, I was trafficked. Like, I, I was not meant to be given away. There was false there was a lot of lies um there was yeah at the end of the day i mean i was not supposed to be given away and i was um i mean to me international adoption is is and continues to be more often than not just human trafficking with extra steps um so the really cool thing about that book though even though it's old and i can still plug it is because all the profits for the book do go towards buying dna test kits for uh, mothers and family in Colombia trying to find their children because a lot of people that were adopted in the mid-80s and especially the 70s, I mean, a lot of those people were just, you know, very bad, shady circumstances where they either literally just snatched up or taken away under, you know, false pretenses or, or whatnot. And, uh, and of course, they uh, their papers don't seem to exist. Or uh, like uh, one orphanage called Fana had like a fire, uh, like in the 80s, that lost all their papers. So really, the only hope for a lot, a lot of international adoptees to find family is through DNA testing. So you can find that book on Amazon. I know Amazon does suck, but I mean, for this project, I mean, uh, the goal is to get that word out and make it as simple as possible for as many people because that's really the only way that DNA testing works. It's like you just, you got to have people do it. And um, yeah, so that is a really cool project. So if you do buy that book, all that money is going straight towards a DNA test kit for a mother who might be finding, you know, her child that she lost 40 years ago. Thank you so much for that. Yes. And thank You're you welcome. so much for your time. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Smelkin Ernesto, everyone. Thank you so much. Voices in the Back is proud to present Smelkin Ernesto.
last one is called How Much Longer.
taking much longer Now can we set ourselves free, you and me I'm wondering now can I come out this longer Doesn't value them. 